Hello, and welcome to TV with m and I'm the B in it, Bruce. And I'm the M, Emily. And so this is a podcast where we analyze TV shows and take a look at them season by season, episode by episode. And we will be doing this as a father and daughter. So we're glad you could join us. So... This is our inaugural episode. So hi, Em. Hi. <laughs> and so uh, we just wanted to give a little tidbit about why we came to do this. So, so Em, I think you're best able to tell this, that story. So go ahead. Well, so I, about a year ago, I started watching a series called The Vampire Diaries because I am on Netflix all the time and... I am a teen, so it obviously appealed to my demographic. And I watch all the teen shows like Gossip Girl, uh, Grey's Anatomy, all those types of shows. And especially ones with like love triangles and stuff. And so Vampire Dice was right up my alley and it had a whole universe attached to it. And so after I finished watching that, I immediately started the originals and legacies and all that. And I got right into it. And then me and my dad... Bruce, we um, we watch a lot of shows together as it is. Like we watch the Arrow shows, like Flash, Legends, Supergirl, and Gotham, and a bunch of other shows like that. So after I finished watching The Vampire Diaries, I convinced him that it would be a great idea if we watched that together. Such uh, a great idea. <laughs> yeah, and so. I dragged him along with me and made him watch The Vampire Diaries, and then we started the originals, and then we are going to do Legacies. We have not done Legacies yet, but I'm dragging him along on that, too. Um, well, and even before this, we were doing, like, Pretty Little Liars and, and some other shows as well, you know, like you said, the, the Berlanti-esque yeah. shows. And so the thing that interests me is I'll watch anything. Like, I, for those of you that don't know me, I am in the the business, quote unquote. And so I look at it from a different eye than my 15 year old teenage daughter. <laughs> I look at it for other things and, and she, I've, I've trained her well. She can sort of pick out things like cinematography and acting and that green kind of screens. thing and green screens. But I, I look at it from the standpoint of a filmmaker because that's what I am and that's what I was trained to do. And so she found it interesting, me looking at these things and being like, why are they doing this? And why, what is that? And like, I, I mainly dragged him along to watch these shows because I want to see his reaction because <laughs> I don't really have anyone to share this with, but I mean, that's just, that's a whole other thing. Um, but no, it was mainly to see his reactions and a lot of his opinions Some differed. Some of his ludicrous. Yeah. And so a lot of his opinions differed from mine and I thought it was very interesting. So one day he told me about this podcast that he's doing with his friends and we talked about how it would be funny if we did a podcast like talking about how different <laughs> our opinions are on the show. And then that's how we got here today. <laughs> and so we thought we'd share that with everybody else. And so there's tons of shows, tons of shows that we could literally do as, as you mentioned we have like Netflix, we, Hulu, Disney Plus, we have all the works. So this the show could go on indefinitely, actually. The podcast could go on indefinitely, but we will start out with and I and I kinda like this. We're gonna start out with the vampire diaries because it's a pretty robust universe and it's a CW show and Julie Pleck is fantastic. <laughs> and it and it's not bad. It's not horrible. Like it, you know, they're you know, I grew up in the air. I'm a Gen Xer, as described in the in the bio for the podcast. And so I grew up with the Dawson's Creeks and the, 
you know, proto and like CW. Buffy and- yeah. And so all this stuff is, is similar. Smallville, all this stuff is the similar that CW has the same playbook at, that they used when they were the WB and UPN and all that stuff. So I, I just found like it interesting. Vampire Diaries is so special and specific that like nothing can really compare to not, not the, not the show, the Vampire Diaries, but like the whole universe in itself. Like it's so unique. Like it has special qualities that like other vampire shows like or like movies like Twilight and things don't have. Well, and so we will start out with highlighting the Vampire Diaries. For over a century, I have lived in secret, hiding in the shadows, alone in the world. So the Vampire Diaries was a CW show created in 2009, I believe, is when it aired, 2009, 2010. 2009 to 2017. Yep. And created by Julie Pleck and Kevin Williamson, who is who created Dawson's Creek. And so according to Wikipedia, which is what I consulted, um, and Emily probably consulted a billion other things, but basically... Williamson initially didn't want to do the show. I don't know if you know this or not, but William yeah. Williamson didn't want to do it. And it's based off the book. There is it's book. based off an L.J. Smith book yeah. called The Vampire Diaries, and I never read it. Did you I, read her book? No, I did not read the book, but I do know a lot about the book, and I know that there are, like, everything about the book you should not take into account other than the characters that, like, were created. Because, <laughs> like, there's no Michelson family. It's just no. Klaus and, like... Catherine is like the sweet one. Elena's the mean one, which is totally not how it is in the show. Stefan feeds on Elena constantly in the books, mm. but like that doesn't happen in the show. So they basically took yeah. the premise of the book basically and gave LJ a paycheck. Just said, we want your name. And it says based upon the book by LJ Smith. <laughs> right. And she gets it. She gets royalties. Um, so the, the, let me take you back to 2009. So it was highlight. It was the Twilight highlight. So basically. Vampires all the rage. Vampires were all the rage. And so I'm sure, I'm like 99% sure that's what made CW greenlight the show. Even though Kevin Williamson said, I don't want to do it, Julie Pleck. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And then he showed her, then she showed him the book and he basically said that he wanted to focus more on the town, not the romance part of it necessarily, but duh, you have like hot looking people as, in a CW show. You got to have romance. Also, as I like to say all the time, I tell him this all the time. This is my personal opinion, but I feel that out of the three shows that like in the, the Vampire Diaries universe, like the Vampire Diaries highlights love in a romantical sense and the originals highlights family and legacies highlights friendship. And so I think it would be very hard if they decided not to focus on the romance at all. It's <laughs> almost impossible. Even shows like I'm watching currently Criminal Minds and even though that's based on like forensic psychology and like all that sort of stuff. FBI. FBI. And it's focused on the work and the cases, they still have love triangles. And well, that's, that's drama. Focus on that's TV drama. You got to have, you got to yeah. get romance or some personal. Otherwise. SVU, the Law and Order series is about the only drama program that kind of gets away with no romance. Like they have yeah. a little bit of it, like teeny tiny snip, snippets of it here and there. But every drama has to have some kind of element of romance. But. So then CW greenlights the Vampire Diaries and it goes on to make household names of all the actors in it and become very successful. The spinoff two shows. And- it's a jump start for a lot of the actors on there. <laughs> Ian Summerholder was already on Lost, though. So, I mean, he had I missed him on Lost when he left. He started 
a career up, but this just continued it. And like Paul Wesley, Nina Dobrev, like they weren't really names at that point. They were in the mall of CW shows because in, in yeah, Paul Emily, Wesley was on Smallville. I was going to say, Emily pointed this out to me is like Paul Wesley did a number of TV shows and that's, that's what you do. You start out, you know, making yourself a little name and even the vampire diaries universe did this to some extent to some of the people that they had on as guest starring roles and yeah. little roles and they went on to do bigger stuff. So we're going to start with where it all began with episode one the pilot in season one. And just so you know, too, we're going to take in each episode of the podcast for episodes of the show, because we figured we couldn't do originally, originally I proposed to Emily that we do <laughs> each episode of the podcast is one episode of the show. But I'm like, there's 22 episodes <laughs> and there's eight seasons of this like show. Like over 170 hours if, of programming for Vi- Vampire Diaries alone. And if we ever wanted to do another show, <laughs> it would be like five years from now. So she had a good point. So we, we're going to do four episodes per podcast. And so we'll start out with episode one, Pilot. And also, we would like to warn anyone, we are taking into account all three series, the originals, legacies, and the Vampire Diaries, and all seasons of each. So there may be spoilers if you've not finished it or have not read about certain things that happen. I'll try and be the guy that'd be like spoilery, but she's going to be the meanie and like just say things hey, and blurt out things. If if you're listening to this Hopefully you have some knowledge of the Vampire Diaries universe (laughs) or don't care about spoilers because I like to notice Easter eggs and stuff. Episode one starts out with a beautiful scene in Mystic Falls, Virginia. And so our hometown, well, uh, not our hometown. (laughs) Yeah. Although it's funny how to me, when it, when the show started, it seemed like Mystic Falls was going to be more near Richmond, but actually it seems like it's more like here where we are in Northern Virginia. So no. it's like Fredericksburg. I that's totally the way they made disagreed. it seem. No, that's the way I they made totally it seem. I totally thought it was more in like Southern Virginia. It's totally has They make to it seem that way in the beginning, but it's not. It has to be set in no. Southern Virginia because they travel to so many places, like just driving there. And like, it takes them no time at all. Like, well, that's TV. In one of the episodes, I know, but like... There's no way, because none of those places, like, remind me of, like, where we live right now, except for maybe, like, the actual town square or something, but, like... Well, that's... I'll take you down to Culpeper sometime, which is, like, 45 minutes away, and trust me, it's night and day from here, like... But it reminds it's not me more far. of like the Virginia Tech campus, though, down in Blacksburg. <laughs> so we're in Mystic Falls, which was established in 1792, which becomes important. So keep that no, date it in mind. Well, it, there's a lot of dates that get thrown there's a around lot of, in this show. There's a lot of dates that go around, but like the specific year, 1790. Well, it's good to know. I mean, it's good you know. to know, but it's not necessarily important. <laughs> <laughs> and so we start out with narration by Stefan Salvatore. And. His story is, you know, he and so basically the trope of the show in the beginning is that they're writing in diaries and they're noting noting this stuff. And so there that, is hence the vampire diaries. There's part. also the theory that each episode is a narrative in Stefan's diary. And that's why he starts off narrating and mm. the show ends after 171 episodes because Stefan is 171 years old. Interesting. Because, literally, if you take into account the year that he was born, he's 171 by the end of the series. So everyone is convinced that, like, each episode is a diary entry explaining his life story. That sort of can't happen because of the jumps in time that the show takes. 
Okay, well, I'm explaining a theory here. <laughs> They're wrong. All right. But also, I just want to point out, I hate the old logo. I'm yes. so glad that we they get an old it. logo as it, as it pops up. And I'm so glad they, they hired Changed somebody. It. Well, and again, it's a pilot. So and they and they keep no, it for a while. They kept this for like the whole first season. But that you know you don't get it, know if you get picked up. You know you you got to yeah. see how the numbers do. So you know I, I get it. But yes, horrible first logo. We see we hear the narration. We see two drivers on a road, and right off the bat, people get killed. <laughs> like yeah. they're just gone. Like, and as we find out at the end of the episode, that was Damon. Mm-hmm. And like much killing, much yeah, killing. And it's they, they right off the bat tell you what kind of show this is. And also, why are you traveling on the middle of, like, that dark road in Mystic Falls and expect nothing bad to happen to you? Well, the thing I love, too, is that they establish here that Damon, who we don't know is Damon yet, but there's fog and, and crows and ravens. That's another thing from the books. Like, apparently Damon can turn into a crow in the books, and he summons fog in the books, so I'm assuming they were trying to do that here. Right. But then it's like... Never addressed again. Like we show, <laughs> right. we show the dead crow eventually in like a couple episodes later in the first season, like show that it's dead. But, but like there's this, never a clear establishment of how he does this. This crow just keeps popping up everywhere, yeah. and like the fog rolls around like everywhere, like whenever Damon's close by. But it's like never established if he's turning into the crow, if he's controlling the crow, yeah. if they're unrelated. <laughs> they never, they never address it. Pretty much after a while, which yeah. is confusing. But we have these two drivers killed, and then we shift to Elena, who is our central female protagonist, and she's writing Elena Gilbert diaries. writing in her diary and talking about, you know, she just uh, got in a got you know it's four months from having this traumatic event where her parents die, yeah, and so she's talking about that. Well, she doesn't really talk about that. So the, no, but one it's of the brilliant things about the writing is at least. We're not force fed that kind of thing. Like it, she's it comes not writing. I'm so sad because my parents died, but it's not <laughs> like I have healed in any way in four months. We know something bad has happened to her. Yeah, and but it by does the course look of like the show, she has done happened. some healing in those four months. Hopefully, because that shows actual like loss, like that you eventually move on after a couple like months because you wouldn't be the same as like right after it happened. And I think that they do a good job of that. Well, the biggest disservice they give is that. We don't get to know her pre-accident. Yeah. Like we in, see a couple in, flashbacks show, later, but even in the show, they don't really address that. So we don't really know the transition of what's happened, like from old Elena to new Elena. Yeah, we just know that she's had this happen to her, and she's a different person because everybody tells her so. Like, oh, you're, you know, they either walk on eggshells or they treat her differently. Mm -hmm. I we also see Elena go down into the kitchen on her way to school and we meet her younger brother Jeremy who is obviously the typical rebel bad boy teenager <laughs> and her aunt Jenna who was a college student but like the actress looks way too old to be a college student I noticed you think she looks old I Sarah Canning she looks like a looks college like student I could see her as like 30 something she does what? not look like 21 22 I could see her as like a senior in in college, like, like which 22? is twenty three. Yeah, twenty three. Yeah. I, I don't see it. I see really? her maybe like twenty seven up. Wow. See, I, I don't see that at I all. I wrote down that I think that she looked too old, but I also thought Jenna, like the character, was a good representation of like she's obviously way too young to be like a parent. Yeah. Into the traditional sense. They flawed her in a good way. Like but, she's she's not super parent, and like she's got these two kids that she's, she's suddenly guardian of, but she's trying. And that's that was cool. And so we meet them. And so Jeremy's handling his pain very differently than Elena. 
he is, you know, using drugs, and we come to find out later that he is a seller of drugs. And Elena, like, loves to point that out to him, <laughs> which we'll talk about later. <laughs> and so uh, we then, and the cool thing I like about the episode, the way they structured it, too, is they, you know, we do hit all the people that, like, within, like, and I wrote it down, within, at the six-minute mark, We've hit all the major characters pretty much by this time. So, for season one. For season one. So she and we've established the relationships. So she, we meet her best friends, Bonnie and uh, and Caroline, and we kind of get a beat on where you know their personalities as well. But I'm going to jump back real quick. So the thing too with this episode too, to me, is they do give a very Twilighty vibe. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the way it's shot. They clearly are it trying to mimic like Twilight. Twilight. Like yeah. they, it's, I mean, as much as they tried to get away from that and stuff, it very much and looks as much like, as it. like I'm glad they, they got away from that as the series. And went they on. reference Twilight so much in this series, it's annoying. Comes later as because, a direct reference. And Damon starts reading Twilight and like everything, <laughs> and then they diss it like later on in the seasons. But anyway, going back to the story, so we see Bonnie and Elena in the car, and they yes. establish that. Bonnie's grandma is talking about all this crazy witch business and Bonnie's convinced she's crazy and drinks too much, <laughs> which I also find hard to believe because we never see her grandma drinking later on. Mm-hmm. We never see her grandma drinking. And then Bonnie suddenly believes her, like, eventually, like, after she realizes she's a witch. She goes to her grandma and believes everything automatically, but we never see her grandma drinking. So how did, like, how did she equate, like, crazy to her grandma, but then suddenly she's not crazy anymore? That's my thing. I just maybe she's not. Maybe she's kind of drunk that sneaks. I also noted they had really good music, like in season one. I liked all. And the that's music a trope choices. that follows it, that period of CW shows, and and it was established by Smallville and others that preceded it too. That they are essentially soundtracks. Like so, they found out they could make a lot of great money in getting the latest band or the latest indie music, like you know, Save Me and all that kind of stuff. So. And I also wrote down there was, like, a time when Bonnie was, like, or no, Elena was, like, I can't be afraid of cars forever after Damon's crow or, like, some other bird, like, hits the window. And it's so funny because Elena does end up getting in another car accident in her life, which is, like, well, you can be afraid of cars forever. (laughs) They're not her friend. Let's put it that way through the course of the show. And eventually we... Get to school. We and get to school. We end up meeting. Well, we end up going to. We see Matt Donovan. We see Matt Donovan staring at Elena. We learn that um, they are ex-boyfriend and girlfriend. They broke up right when Elena's parents died. And we're at Bonnie's locker and Caroline shows up and we meet <laughs> Caroline Forbes. The who, friend of me. I classify her as a friend of me. Yeah, because they act like they haven't been friends with Caroline forever. But then they're like, well, she's my closest friend. But then they're <laughs> acting like. They hate her right. in this scene, which is just funny to me. But in the she's in, definitely part of the trio. In the but books, they definitely her and Elena were rivals. And they, so I think that's where they were going yeah. with that initially. And so you know, and like Caroline is also like terrible. Like I love, <laughs> I love when she becomes a vampire because like God. Like, she, she's a terrible human. No offense, <laughs> Caroline. But. but no, she she definitely. It's it's fun, and you'll see in later episodes the transition. But right now, she is very egocentric, whiny, very mean girl. Very pick me. Mm-hmm. She's a pick me girl. <laughs> um, and then 
eventually we see a scene with Vicky and Jeremy, learn that mm-hmm. they're sort of a thing. There's, and Tyler. There's sort of a little like triangle going on there, but Vicky's with Tyler, but then Jeremy is also like kind of interested in Vicky. And they did a good job of keeping Tyler's aggression consistent because eventually mm-hmm. they like... We learn, spoiler. We learn that he is a vamp, a werewolf that has not been turned yet, but like the aggression is consistent because in all four of these episodes that we've watched, he's picked some sort of fight with someone or like. And he's just a jerk. Yeah, he's a terrible person. He, he is stereotypically the rich boy, son of the mayor, and we find this out later. He's the son of the mayor. He gets everything he wants. He's he's it. He's the sun but rises and sets on. I him. wrote this down. Well, I'll talk about it in the episode that I want to talk about it, <laughs> but. We also flash to the scene where we first see Stefan, which is who was wearing sunglasses inside for no reason, which <laughs> it's fine. Because he's cool. We have to have the cool review. And you have to like have the lowered glasses so that he can compel the assistant or whoever that is. And so I noticed no how they action. had no pupil dilations at first. Like they didn't right. do the cool pupil dilation shot to show that they were being compelled. I'm sure they hadn't figured that out yet. Right. So after Elena confronts Jeremy in the bathroom for being high at school, <laughs> even though I have no possible idea how she knew that from looking at him across a crowded hallway, but that's also fine. Um, and then we get the stereotypical meet cute of Stefan and Elena like meeting in the bathroom mm-hmm. or outside the bathroom, whatever. But that bathroom scene is also used eventually when Stefan has his memory wiped and they are trying to bring back his memories. And it's also where they end in the series finale. Like they're saying their last goodbye. Right. And so, and the cool thing too is, and I'll, and I'll elaborate more on the six minute mark that I was talking about before. So by this point, we're almost at 10 minutes. And so the thing in, in, you know, this is a trope, Emily, that, that I'll teach you is that in script writing, they tell you get all the stuff, interesting stuff in the first 10 minutes. And that's what they did. Like they hit everything and they got all the introductions, all the character introductions. And you kind of know who's who and why their, their relationship with the protagonists in 10 minutes. And that's it. They nailed it. And so then we move to the graveyard scene where Elena is talking to her parents, writing in her diary. We mm-hmm. get the stereotypical... And well, now fog not, again. Like, it's the fog and the crow <laughs> and the graveyard and the dark figure and, like, it's all... Which so, is hilarious because it's not da- a Damon scene. It so, is Damon. No, but it's Stefan. It's like, Damon. But the it's crow the, symbolizes the, that it's Damon. But the funny thing is, like, you don't know that. Like, all, Stefan suddenly pops up. So you're like, oh, does he have these powers too? Like, was no, it him all along? It's like, it's a it's a misread and a misdirect about, like, who's if killing people. If you haven't already watched it, but, like, right. it's Damon. And then <laughs> Elena, like, stumbles because she's scared. And, I mean, at least she runs when she sees fog, unlike everyone else here. <laughs> Like, cause Vicky didn't run from the fog in the later in later episode, but you know yeah. it's fine. Um, no, but then Stefan and Elena meet again, and she doesn't question why Stefan's just hanging out at the bottom of a ravine near a graveyard. And also, I would like to point out, she did not hit her leg when she fell. She hit her shoulder, if anything. <laughs> but you know, it's okay. Easier to do a blood uh, gag on the leg rather than the arm. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and then I also wrote down. I was like, maybe. Like, Stefan told Elena that he was there visiting family, but mm-hmm. maybe Stefan was following Damon in the graveyard? He doesn't know, though, that Damon's here yet, because remember the no, end. No, but he saw, we we're not he gonna st- get there yet, he but. saw the, like, mystery animal attack, and he might have known that, like, 
animal attacks were used to cover up vampire murders and known that something was back, maybe, and, like, saw a figure and was watching Elena. Maybe, like, he was, like... Maybe. Maybe. Um, we also get... I wrote down that Stefan was very charming. Like, I... I like, he definitely used the right lines to, like... Because he knew what he wanted. He knew he wanted to be with Elena. And so he was, like, already starting to, like, be the gentleman and, like, the... You should go get that looked at. Like, but mysterious at the same time. And well, and let's give them credit, too, because I, I definitely like the chemistry between Paul Wesley and Nina Dobrev. I think they did they a really good job. Even they each other at this point. They did, and I, I really give the casting people credit because they found chemistry. But, yeah, little did we know... They really didn't get along in the beginning of yeah. the show. And so now we move to the Mystic Grill, which is the common setting among the next eight seasons. <laughs> and we see Bonnie and Caroline talking, and Caroline mentions all the information she's found out about Stefan, and we get the iconic June wedding line. He's a Gemini, and his favorite color is blue. You got all of that in one day. Oh, please. I got all that between third and fourth period. We're planning a June wedding. So then we get Stefan showing up at Elena's house saying that he just asked the first person he knew, which is not creepy at all. (laughs) And then he gives Elena back the journal that he says she dropped. But I was like, maybe Stefan actually took it from her. Well, and I I was trying to think when that happened, I was like, where did that book end up? Like, I I just couldn't remember. My whole thing was like, you're writing in it. Like, maybe when. Like, Stefan picked up Elaine after she fell. Maybe he, like, took it out of her bag and, like, to get it and read it. Like, just to know more about her. Because his whole thing is that he wants to know Elena. He wants to get her to know her since she looks exactly like Catherine. So maybe he took it to, like, read it, get to know her a little bit better, and then gave it back to her so that they could talk again. Maybe. Um, but he also did a good job of... Um, like setting up a common interest between him and Elena, talking about how he journals too. So it's right. like something that they can bond on. He, he's smooth. I mean, you you nailed it right on the head. He's smooth. And then we also meet Uncle Zach, or quote unquote Uncle Zach. All right. I also wanted to bring up because they. So there's another theory going around that there is a third Salvatore brother because how else? <laughs> how else are they calling him Uncle Zach? Because well, the same reason they have no, a, no, no, you know, no, an ancestor. Zach, Zach is calling them Uncle Stefan and Uncle Damon. Mm-hmm. So that means that Zach is their nephew. Correct. So there would have to be a third Salvatore brother because none of them are call- Zach isn't calling either one of them Not dad. cousins or something yeah. like that. Um, there has to be a third brother. You know, I hadn't really thought of it, that part of it. I just thought it was just a nice cover. Like, I, I just thought it was like, it's better than cousin, you know, like. No, because the whole, the cover is that it's Uncle Zach and right. then that right. Damon and Stefan are the nephews since they're technically right. underage. No, but you raise a good point. I, I don't know why they. That's a theory running yeah, around. I, uh, we never saw it. I'll put it that we way. Spoiler alert. No. We don't get a third Salvatore brother at all in this show. But we move back to the Mystic Grill. Everyone's hanging out, just chilling. Mm-hmm. We get Matt and Tyler talking again. Matt complaining about Elena moving on. <laughs> Poor Matt. I know. Matt's very alone. But, like, after three months, you would have think he would have moved on. But apparently not. You just wait for heartache, dear. Oh, God. <laughs> and then we also see Stefan back at his house. 
And as I wrote down, we have to get the CW app shot in there. Yes. Um, and then Zach, like, is telling him that, like, it was a mistake coming back. Like, why, why'd you leave? And, like, why are you staying here? What are you doing here? Is she really worth it? Like, all that stuff. And I'm like... Honestly, he's kind of right, though, because, like, Elena's life went totally downhill after oh, the Salvatore yeah. brothers came into her oh, life. Oh, the whole premise of this show. I mean, if, if they don't, if the Salvatore brothers do not come back to Mystic Falls. Everything would have worked then, out fine. I was like, what then becomes of Elena Gilbert? Like, She probably would have married Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and also I wanted to say, too, Ian Summerholder, at least in this, and we haven't gotten to the very end. The very end is not until we see Damon. Ian Summerholder shows up and he gives off a very Tom Cruise vibe. Like yeah. I, I, you haven't seen Tom Cruise in his heyday, but he, no, it, I know it very what Tom much Cruise looks like in the heyday though. Oh, like whatever. I'm talking like you didn't go through it, like, you know, back in the day, but he gives off that vibe. I think he studied him. Like he must've like really said, I'm going to give off that vibe. But we also see a picture of Elena's doppelganger, Catherine, from 1864. And I would also like to point out, when did we get that picture? Because we never get a chance to see when they took that picture. I'm assuming when she was compelling them like, and yeah. manipulating them. When did they have time for pictures? Well, because there's a lot of that time. I mean, we, we get a lot of truncated time when they yeah. flash back to that point in time. so. And also, I was wondering, I was like, why is Stefan using his real name? If he wants to go undetected and like not have people know he's a vampire, why use the exact same name he signed the registry at the Founders Council with? Like, a name that people know. Why not just use an alias or something? You could have literally... It's tied into, the, as a Salvatore's artist in Mystic Falls, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Like, he, you know, at least change it up a little bit so that when you say, I'm a distant descendant... It sort yeah. of rings true, and it's not so on the nose. And so we flash back to school the next day, and we get the stupid teacher, Mr. Tanner, <laughs> who is a jerk, and I really hate him. And we get him, like... Don't worry. You won't have to worry about him. <laughs> yeah. We get him talking to the class, and then, like, Bonnie plays dumb, and it's just not cool. And Matt is the stereotypical dumb jock, and, I mean, at least... Elena's kind of trying, but like, it's just, oh my God. It's annoying how <laughs> like they're all playing dumb, but. It does fall into stereotypes. It definitely, you know, they, a little bit, they, I will give them credit, Julie Pleck and Kevin Williamson for making full characters. But at this point in the pilot, we they see fall into tropes. Yeah, they fall into tropes some, a little and bit. And I love seeing sassy Stefan. That's my new favorite thing. Like when he's talking back to teachers, he's talking back to um, Tyler. Like I just, I love that. Talking back to Damon. Um, and I also miss Bonnie and Elena's friendship. Like yes. I just feel like it was so much better earlier They established on. that very well. Yeah. In the beginning. Like, I hate that, like, the whole vampirism came in between them. And yes, they did get back to being friends later, but I just feel like their bond was never, like, the same mm -hmm. after Gra after Grams died. And, like, I missed seeing them this close. So I was like, oh, that was nice. Why is Vicky with Tyler? Like, he is such a jerk. Well, it's the quintessential she doesn't feel she's good enough for anybody because she wants Jeremy cash. all but... <laughs> No, I'm joking. It's self-esteem because Jeremy all but says you are worth it. You are worthy. Like, uh, why can't you see this? Like, why are you with him? And she just can't. She's the girl from the wrong side of the tracks that has no self-esteem. She obviously has a quote unquote reputation. 
And so she is only good for being treated like dirt by Tyler. I was also going to mention they kept a nice timeline with the 90s and spoiler Zach's baby that he eventually had because um, after Damon says the iconic hello brother and like Mm -hmm. shows up at the Salvatore house, they say that they haven't seen each other in 15 years. Like, and then they talk about like 90s fashion and stuff. And that keeps true with the timeline because later on we flash back to the 90s when Damon and Stefan were trying to make amends and then things didn't work out too well. And like Zach's baby, like... Remember with the housewife? Or the, but that's not Zach. That is Zach. Zach was the father of that baby. Hmm. But he thought the baby died because Stefan right. compelled him to think it died. And, and see, Stephen, this will be good to rewatch this, these episodes because I didn't think that was Zach. I thought that was another relative. But okay. No. Cool. Yeah. We end the episode with Damon showing up in the doorstep and saying the iconic. Hello, brother. And then they mention how Damon's like, I owe you an eternity of misery. And like, he sucks. <laughs> uh, like he, he's the stereotypical, like he comes in like this wave, of just everything like opposite of Stefan and like pushing his buttons and like everything bad. <laughs> they have the recurring thing that Damon mentions where like animal blood is not the same as people blood, which shows that Stefan is inferior to Damon since Damon does like to feed on people like a lot of people hate on Caroline when she says when she says the line I'm never the one and like she talks about how Elena gets everyone everyone always hates on her for that line because they're like well Caroline got with everyone like Alaric, (laughs) Damon, Stefan um Klaus like every Tyler, Matt, Mm -hmm. everyone she's had the most relationships yes but like Elena does always get picked for things like you Mm -hmm. can't like, yes, Caroline did with get with, like, everyone, basically. But, like, Elena gets picked for everything. Like, well, every, she's the everyone primary. Everyone picks Elena. Yeah. And, I mean, I can't blame her because she is the main character. I was going to say, it was like, that's the but, way like, it was designed. everyone's happiness gets picked, gets, like, pushed aside for Elena's happiness. Yeah. So, Caroline isn't entirely wrong for that. Um, that is true. And, also, no one's asking, how is Jenna... Jenna lost her sister, and no one's asking how is Jenna coping. Not yet. We do get a little bit. Well, yeah, by a jerk. (laughs) But, like, no one is genuinely asking Jenna how she's doing. And she's only, like, supposed to be 23. And she has no friends. She has no no people to She's raising two teenagers in a big house by herself, and she's Mm -hmm. just lost her sister and all the family she she has left. She has no friends. She ain't got nobody to talk to. At least Elena has Bonnie and Caroline. But, yeah, Jenna has no one. Episode one closes, and so at the end of every episode, we're going to give our winners and losers and uh, a quote of each episode. So, Emily, what's your winners and losers for episode one? So, my winner for episode one is Stefan, because I feel that he's, he's, until David shows up at like the last second, he's living on cloud nine. He's meeting like the girl of his dreams, the nice version of Catherine. He's... Like, getting to take her out. Like, he's popular new guy. He's he's living the life. He's cool. And then the loser I picked actually was Elena. Because I feel like she, again, we're... Like, she she's introduced as the girl who lost her parents. And that's basically it. Like, it's just bad. Like, she meets this guy... Like, I mean, yes, she does meet Stefan. And, like, that's great. But, like, 
this is the episode where, like, everything starts, and, like, after this, her life goes to shambles. <laughs> like, this sets in motion everything that happens in the next, I don't know, like, 13 years <laughs> yeah, of, her life. of her life. And it, like, <clears throat> yes, she does eventually get a happy ending, spoiler, but, like, everything to get to that road was, like, terrible. So yeah. this just sets in motion everything bad that ever happened in her life, so. I hadn't thought of it that way. That, that's very true. And for me, my 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 winner was Stefan as well, just because he, you know, he's your quintessential hero. Like he comes in, he does everything right, he gets Gotta everything. Put on his hero hair. <laughs> and so, uh, loser wise, I I was I was sort of torn between Damon and Tyler. Just Tyler from the standpoint that he is a jerk, like he is this total jerk. But it's more that's more villain than loser. And so Damon, more. He didn't lose. So I'll go with yours. I'll pick yours, Elena. Okay. And so we are also going to pick our favorite quote. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this episode, my quote was, I don't have it exactly, but <coughs> when Bonnie and Elena are first in their car ride to school and Bonnie says that she, well, she's examining her powers that she thinks are supposed to be psychic. And she tells Elena how she has a feeling that this is going to be the best year ever. And I think that's so funny because this is the start of, like, everything bad. And it's really not a great year. So I thought that was funny that she said it was the best year when really it's, like, just the start of the worst thing ever. That's good. And and we get in this episode three of the most two really iconic lines about we're planning a June wedding and hello, brother. I chose... Uh, when Uncle Zach says coming back here was a mistake for the for similar reasons because that is the understatement of the year. Yeah. <laughs> and so now we will move on to episode two, the night of the comet. So we get in, we get more fog surrounding these people in a tent. So we start off just like last episode. People are dying, like everyone's dying, and they don't mind the gore. We start again with Damon is the villain, man. We don't know it's Damon, obviously, but like we all inferred after we like found out that like he's the one. At the end of the episode, episode one, we kind of know that it's Damon Damon now. And so I don't know why people aren't just running when they see fog anymore. Like just go, or like. Where has it gotten out? I know, but like, how are you covering up and like saying animal attacks this much? Like, if I if I kept hearing there were animal attacks, I'd move. Like, I don't know why people stay this long, but at least she was smart enough to bring a flashlight. The girl that was yes, eventually going to get attacked. And like the we also get like overlapping talking with Stefan and Elena. Like, yes. like they finish each other's sentences. I did. It's not like a like. tennis match back and forth, I did not and they like that. and they keep the trope of the diary thing because it's called the Vampire Diaries. And so, at episode two, we're still keeping up that premise yeah, i i just didn't like the finish each other sentences because that's like not a thing like that sentence you wouldn't even write in a diary like it's eh. yeah I, I really am glad they eventually kill that narration and they also have like such sentimental families here like everything is a family heirloom a family lineage family tree well much like you said i mean well you said you know the original is more about family, but remember the premise of the show was Mystic to establish, is- yeah, to be about the town and this legacy. So that's what they were building toward. And Jeremy is always picking a fight, like with Tyler. <laughs> I mean, but he is right though when he says that Tyler is a lot of bark and no bite, no pun intended. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
No, because Tyler keeps threatening Jeremy and is all like, I'm going to fight you, like, and such. But then, then do it. he's never actually fighting. Like, I mean, eventually he snaps, but then Matt pulls him away and it's like anticlimactic. <laughs> but we get established in this episode that, you know, a comet is coming and it does, weirdly, it doesn't get emphasized here, but we know that supernatural events have huge importance in this show. So something like a comet, you know, while in this episode, it wasn't really. Well, actually, now that I think about it, actually, Bonnie starts to rise in her power in this. And so maybe that's one of the precursors. But it's funny because I wrote this down, too. At the end of the episode, when the actual comet's flying. No one's there. No one's there in the center of the town square to watch it like they had all been planning to do. Like everyone set out their blankets. They were handing out like programs and well, no one's there. Well, because we don't the go com- there. Because mm-hmm. the comet flies by after Stefan and Elena kiss. Yeah, we're like, with our protagonist, which, you know. Is, I know, is, but like she, she did all that hard work setting it up and then <laughs> we don't even get to see like where everyone was prepared to see. Like, why was everyone there so early if they were we'll just. care about them. We care about our, our but people. But Stefan and Elena were at the place where, like, everyone well, in the yeah. town square to see the comet. And then why move? I don't get it. <laughs> but we go back to school mm-hmm. and we see the teacher saying that Elena has no excuses. Like, I let it go last year, but, like, not this year. Your parents died is not a good excuse. And I'm like, yes, it is. Yeah, Tanner's about the school of tough love. Yeah, and I'm like, man lay off of her <laughs> and then jenna also has a parent-teacher conference with which Mr. goes Tanner. horribly horribly wrong but he's not wrong he's not everything wrong. he said was correct she, and, I, and i agree with her that she got read the riot act and she deserved it but i also but am, it was mean but i also am wondering is he a, is he a parent because he's like well you're not doing it right if it's not that hard and i'm like well how do you have- seems too righteous to be a parent but my so supposition then, he's not so then how are you possibly giving he's her advice i know but he's jerk. Anyway, he sucks. But then we get Stefan going to the hospital to visit Vicky, and I just don't get why he does that. Like, I get it's yeah. to compel, like, away the thought. But of he could have been far sneakier about it. Or he could have just let whatever happen. He w- well, he gave. He walked into the blood donation part. Just walk out and be like, "I gave some blood, dog." Like, you and know. like. Also, how did Matt possibly know that it was Stefan from across the dark hallway? And like. Well, I can sort of see that, actually. I know. Because people walk differently, and you can kind of pick them out if you kind of know. And, and he's been watching Stefan for a, a while at this point. Also, like, Vicky wouldn't have pointed out Stefan, though. Woman. If they were asking about who did it, like, they would say Damon. So, like, I mean, yes, it would come back in the name that they're, brother and sis- that they're brothers, but, like, Stefan wouldn't have been blamed for it. So I don't know why he even went to go compel. But it draws attention. I know, but you were already drawing attention by being here. (laughs) He could have done it much smoother, much, much smoother. And so, and maybe you know this, but, you know, when Stefan gives Elena the copy of Wuthering Heights, any significance to that? No. I I didn't find anything online to, I was like, why point this out? Like, but he gives her a copy of Wuthering Heights. I'm guessing it's just to show that, like. If anybody knows why. That, like, they have a lot of old things. Original copy. Yeah, and he is liking spending time with Elena, so, you oh, know, yeah. I'm going to give her a book. <laughs> I guess that's where they were going with so that. So a book isn't the way to win your heart, I take it. No, I love books. I'm just saying that, like... An just, original copy of Wuthering Heights isn't burning would, up your wish list. No. We actually moved to Elena at the Salvatore house, mm-hmm. and then I go... 
why would you like this is such a thing. Her. This is such a thing to do in like TV shows. Why would you ever walk into an open house? Like why knock right. on the door, That's you true. see it's open, and just decide, you know what? I'm gonna walk right in because I know him. I know Stefan, so I'm obviously just gonna walk <laughs> into his family house. And I'm harmless, you know. Privilege. Yeah. So, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, you know, I'm harmless. I'm not going to do anything. So, yeah, why would they have any need to feel a threat from me? And also, so. we get Damon manipulatively mentioning Catherine. Yes. To hurt Elena and hurt Stefan. Drive a wedge. His goal. And again, his goal, as he set out, as he said, you know, is to hurt Stefan. Like, and we don't know why right now. Like, we really don't get the They don't explain the why. why. I mean, in we the, assume it's because of Catherine. In like an episode, sort of an episode or two later, we get explained that both brothers dated her, but we never get the full extent until like season two, really. Right. Um, Absolutely. And like, eventually we get another like Jeremy... Tyler standoff for Vicky's <laughs> honor and like Vicky is just not choosing either one of them she's just playing with both of them really and I was like oh my and god Matt's just watching this happen and Matt's just like Vic what are you doing <laughs> like... and so then we cut to Bonnie and Elena handing out programs <coughs> for the comet night we get everyone lighting their own candles and then Elena turns she lights the candle of some stranger and then it turns out to be Stefan how did you possibly not know that that was Stefan's candle you were lighting but she didn't look up. I know, but it's fine. And then they have a conversation where they're like, um, well, Elena feels that like after not mentioning Catherine and like Damon kind of putting her off that like her and Stefan were meant to work out. And then she goes, she was like, what we had was epic. And I'm like, you've known him for two days. How is it possible? You haven't even kissed him yet. You've literally exchanged a book. And talked for like and flirted two a lot. Days. I know, it's but it's flirting. it's been two days. How could it possibly have been epic? But um, <laughs> Elena also I been in love yet, honey. <laughs> Elena also mentions where she's like ticking off boxes. She's like complicated brother check, mm-hmm. and um, like she mentions complicated ex. And she really doesn't know anything about him at this point. Yeah, and she goes complicated ex, and I'm like, Matt is not a complicated ex. Matt wants you back. Like, that's not that complicated, but I went along with it anyway. <laughs> and Caroline's so mean. Mm-hmm. Like, Caroline is terrible. And then we see Damon take Vicky up to the rooftop because, you know, this girl hasn't had enough. <laughs> and how does no one possibly see them up well, there? Well, and I mean, the good thing is they do establish that if you, and they don't call it compelling at this point, but they do establish that because Stefan only does animals and not human blood he's a weaker vampire and so his tricks don't work as well but also when they're on the rooftop and stefan eventually gets up there to go try to save vicky damon whispers in vicky's ear that like it was stefan who attacked you but whispering doesn't compel you so i was so confused about that because he literally stood next to vicky and like whispered in her ear and then she repeated the same sentence back Mm -hmm. but like compulsion works through your eyes so I was just very confused because they never explained how that works. And they were at this point they were establishing the rules, so I, I think they, you know, yeah, it's one of those things that like, oh, don't pay attention, never mind, mm-hmm. you know. And Damon is just two. a real jerk. And I don't know how you felt about this episode, but I found it a, 
not a letdown, but definitely a different energy yeah. than the first episode. It was just not important. Well, it, and it was especially in compared to like stuff out. the first, third, and fourth episodes. I felt weren't bad, but like this one was just nothing. Yeah. Nothing really cool happened. Nothing important happened. It was I'm kind just of there. yeah. I'm, after a really strong pilot, they had an episode two that was just kind of blah. Like yeah. it just was. Eh. We eventually, after Stefan saves Vicky, because Damon's like, oh my god, I don't want to draw that much attention because I want to stay here and torture Stefan Even though they're on the top of a roof and you see a bunch of people on top of a, you know, seven-story roof, (laughs) it's very noticeable. We get Stefan trying to go back and look for Elena, but Elena's already gone. And then Bonnie is the ultimate wingman for Stefan and Elena. It's so funny because eventually Caroline becomes the advocate for Stefan in the Damon, Stefan, Elena right. love triangle, but then it's Bonnie who like gives Stefan Elena's number. Um, but they also were talking in um, Jeremy's room. Jenna and Elena were talking mm-hmm. in Jeremy's room, and I thought they did a really good job of kind of explaining Jenna and Elena's mom's relationship, where Jenna is like, I don't know how she made it look this easy, like how she got everything that she could ever want in life. How's how is Jenna supposed to live up to that? And I mean, it's a nice contrast. Yeah, definitely. It's definitely like older sister, younger sister, like older and younger sibling dynamic, which I thought they did pretty well. And And then, yeah, go ahead. Caroline, like, I don't know why everyone drops their keys when they're next to their car. Cause (laughs) Damon like sneaks up on her and eventually blitz attacks her. And like, it's so stereotypical. Like, why would you drop your keys there? I don't understand. There was nothing to cause you to drop your keys. You didn't fall. You didn't... Jump scare. Yeah. And then Elena shows up at the Salvatore house. And, like, no one is at the town square, I'm assuming, anymore. <laughs> they um, probably are, but again, we don't care. Like, yeah. we just care about, you know, these two kids. And by episode two, we have them get together. Yeah. Which is which is Elena. not usually how shows operate. Uh, shows drag out these romances pretty elaborately. They play the iconic song down, and it's just... Yeah, they, to get them together in episode two is pretty bold. And, and you kind of wonder, well, where can they go from here? Luckily, they, they knew where they were going at and this Elena point. And Elena references High School Musical. She sticks to the status quo. <laughs> but as we end this episode with the comet flying overhead and Stefan and Elena kissing and finally cementing their relationship as not just flirty banter anymore, we will introduce our winners and losers for the episode. My winner for the episode was Bonnie because I felt that this episode was definitely, like you said, like a leap in her powers, like cosmic energy and winging, wing manning. Is mm-hmm. that how you reference it? Wing manning <laughs> her best friend and possible boyfriend, which he is now technically. But I felt like she was just, she was in a good place like this episode. Like mm-hmm. she was just, nothing bad happened to her. I think that's the criteria now. <laughs> nothing bad happened to you. Cool. But you don't know that until the later. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. And your loser? My loser was Vicky because Vicky, nothing good ever happens to her. It's like when Damon says later on in the season, he's like, you just won't die. (laughs) No, she doesn't die ever. She was their biggest uh, deus ex machina. But yeah, my winner, I actually gave the winner to Jeremy because he saved Vicky. He advocated for himself. He, you know, kind of stood up to everything and he punked Jenna. 
So I, I, I kind of, Jeremy wins that one. And my loser is Vicky because she's just, oh, that poor child. Her life sucks. Yeah. It's just, but then also she's kind of, she's kind of mean too. Like it's so weird because like her life sucks, but then she's also kind of rude. So it's like, eh. Because she's got nothing to lose. She's just like, and so, quote. Now, my quote for the episode was when David is on the top of the rooftop. And Stefan is like, what are you doing here, Damon? And Damon quotes, That's for me to know and for you to dot, dot, dot. Which is exactly what Catherine says in the series finale when they ask her, what um, is she doing with... Spoiler. Well, Cade and the devil and everything. They're like, what? what is happening? And then Catherine's like, well, that... Or no, they ask, where is Elena? Because Catherine is parading around as Elena. And then they're like, where's Elena? And she's like, well, that's for me to know and for you to dot, dot, dot. And then I thought it was funny because I didn't know that Damon says that exact line in episode two. And my quote is uh, when Stefan is talking, I forget who he's talking to, but he says, we're not close. It's complicated. I think he's talking to Elena, but he's referencing Damon. Mm -hmm. And it's complicated is an understatement between those two. And so now moving to episode three, Friday Night Bites. I actually like this episode a lot. It, <laughs> and I hate it. You hated it? I hate it, but it, it brings up... It, a lot of questions. No, it, it basically oh. panders to every CW like stereotype. Yeah. And every high school-based teeny bopper show Football, has to have... Uh, it, it trots out every trope that's in those things, but go ahead. And as we kind of mentioned, this starts out the relationship between Damon and Caroline, which I... So... Alright, let me start this off with... Caroline is probably my favorite character out of, like, the whole the Vampire Diaries series, which might make me a little biased in saying this, but what Damon did to her was just so not okay that, like, I never... I never it's, forgave it's Damon wrong. for this. Like, when I first... When I first was watching the Vampire Diaries as a series, I I had known about like, the whole love triangle, Selena, Delena, like that whole thing, because, you know, I'm cultured. Um, <laughs> and, you know, normally I pick like the Chucks and the like, oh, my God, I'm trying to think of another reference, but like the Edwards, you know, the, the anti-hero redeemable bad boys. Yes, technically. And um, so I always figured I was like, oh, my God, yeah, I'm going to be Team Delena. And so I went into the series watching and I was Team Delena all the way. I was just waiting for them to get together. And when I found out it was like so much later in the series, I was like, oh, my God, I have to wait so long for them to get together. And I was annoyed and I was like, oh, my God, why can't Damon just get her already? But after going... Like, I never did forgive him for what he did to Caroline, though, because I loved Caroline, and I was like, oh my god, that was so wrong. But after going back and watching now for this podcast, I've realized, like, I really hate Damon, not just because of what he did to Caroline, but, like, how cruel he is. Like, I really don't like him. He was really, really bad. And this is probably offending a lot of people, because I know there's a lot of Damon stands out there, but, like, I just, man, I don't (laughs) like him. And, like, Stefan, like, I'm not trying to start any fights here with the Stelenas and Delenas, whatever. It's not like I want Elena to dump Damon for Stefan. I just think that she should have stayed with Stefan in the first place because he was obviously the better choice for her. Yes, they might not have had, like, the same passion that Delena had, but, like, 
at least Stefan wasn't like a maniac and like a serial killer. <laughs> the thing I will say it though, that, well, the the thing that they do is they muddy them both up pretty well. Less, yes, in the beginning, Damon starts out as a jerk, and he is really, really pretty irredeemable in everything that he does. And but and Stephen, we get bad Stefan. Like Stefan does have times where he is really bad, bad and he does bad stuff. But I still think at the end of the day, he's the better brother. Uh, well, you know, I can't argue that because I told you a long time ago that I, I was all about them. And, and, and I'm probably upsetting a lot of people. I, <laughs> I just, I'm Nobody not, cares. I'm not totally hating on Damon or anything. Like, I think he was good for Elena when they were together, but everyone else in his path. Oh, he he's he's sort yeah. of like Klaus, who you'll meet later. But yeah, yeah he he totally. But see, it's so funny because everyone. I excuse him and Caroline. I love him and Caroline together. Like they were my favorite <laughs> ship. But then Damon and Elena. I mean, I and don't you know. and you told me to wait and that they give the Damon Elena they relationship both, justice. They give both couples opportune times. I and I, and it wasn't outlandish to me. I thought for sure yeah. after seeing this that it would be outlandish for her to go with Damon, but and it I wasn't mean, as crazy. And I mean, but again, technically, I think if Damon Nina Dobrev had stayed, the plan was to have her end up with Stefan. Hmm. So, okay. I mean, you can do what you will with that. <laughs> but going back into episode three, um, Damon is. In Caroline's bedroom, she tries to sneak out, which is a mistake on her part. It's, and I feel so bad for her because there's something she could have done about it. Nope. And Dame is just a jerk using someone because, you know, he can't have Elena and he can't have Catherine. And who knows at this point what their plans were for Caroline? Yeah, because I'm sure they didn't plan on her being a vampire because in the book she was a werewolf. So yeah, I don't know what they were planning on doing yeah, with her. She could have easily been someone that'd be written off the show at this point. Yeah. But it just sucks for her. Um, but Bonnie and Elena are talking as they walk to school. And Bonnie's Bonnie warn- hates Stefan now. No, Bonnie's warning Elena to take it slow because she got some bad mojo <laughs> from touching Stefan. And I mean, I don't blame her. Like, I, I would be want- a good friend. Yeah, I would be the same way with my friends. I'm like, I want you to take it slow. I want you to be cautious. Just, you know, watch out for warning signs, which Elena should do. And so then we get... Jeremy like blowing off Vicky because Vicky went back to Tyler and yep. that upset him. But like, I mean, Jeremy, you knew what you were getting into. She's... No, he stupidly thought that she would give him the time of day. And Tyler is just, gosh, I don't like him. <laughs> um, but Tyler and Matt are like playing football on like the field, like passing a ball back and forth, and they're talking and staring at Stefan and Elena. <laughs> and um, Tyler is like. Matt, you should go get your girl. And Matt's like, she's made her choice. And I'm like, he's not wrong. No, like, he's he's being the grown-up in this situation. Matt's being a really good person. Like, he went so downhill, like, as the series went on. A lot no, of, I think he got fed up. I like, know. I, th- I thought his I, reaction was very af- true. After Vicky died, everything just went off the rails what for What eventually him. happens to him is very true. I think I, they, they kept him very consistent. I get it. I get it. I totally get why he's acting the same way. I don't get why he's still alive at the end of the series. I don't. <laughs> I understand. I understand his actions, though, but he's just terrible. Like, I just, I know a lot of people don't like him as a character, and I mean, I don't blame you, but I also don't blame him for his actions. But he's very mature right now, at least, when he's saying, that, like, Tyler, stop. She's made her choice. Just let her be. Tyler decides to throw a football at Stefan's head. He turns around and catches it because of vampire reflexes, and then <laughs> that eventually starts the whole... Stefan, you should join the football team thing and leads into the Friday Night Lights aspect of it. 
which is every show. Smallville did it, you know. Friday Night Lights itself did it, you know. Every show, Riverdale, every show has to have cheerleaders and football. And then in like, high school, and then we see Stefan and Elena talking, and Elena's like, "I used to be so active in school, but we've seen no evidence to support that." Like I know, just a photo. I know that her whole thing now is supposed to be like, I don't care because my parents died. But like, we have seen no like Elena Gilbert won this award or like anyone being like, oh, were you joining student council this year, Elena? Like we just. Right. They weren't good in building that out. Yeah. But she wants to join cheerleading again, which she knows she doesn't want to do. I don't know why they tried to force that. She knows she doesn't want to do it. And then she eventually she tried quits. to reclaim her old life. And then she quits at the end of the episode anyway. So it's right. just a waste. Well, because Damon rightly points out that that's not her anymore. She, she is trying to find her way. She's had four months, but she hasn't had the things that are part of her high school life in those four months. And so these things confront her and she's like, eh, you know, I, I, I wanted to go back to the way it was, but nope. And then we pull to cheerleading practice and football practice simultaneously. (laughs) And we, and everyone's worried about like, where's Caroline? Caroline Minger. Everyone's like, where's Caroline? Because she hasn't been answering. But then she pulls up with Damon and no one questions a 16 year old girl with like a 24 looking guy. Like, I know, but like, there's not any comment on that. Yes, he's a vampire. He's supposed to be 16 at this point. He's supposed yes. to be 16, and Damon was turned when he was 24, so he looks 24. And no one's questioning yeah, that. But, I mean, Paul Wesley doesn't look, in my Paul opinion, Wesley Paul look Wesley 16. looks, yeah, Paul Wesley looks older than in He was turned older. when he was 17. Right, but I'm saying, like, if you don't know yeah. this, if you were looking objectively, like, they look old anyway. Like, yeah. I mean, we are dealing with but, actors who are not 16. Like, how did no one, like, question that at all? Mm-hmm. How did no one question that? But we see Caroline strike up her mean girl persona and is like, Elena, you can stand in the back. Which, I mean, and then Elena decides to run away from practice. Like, you can't... Just, well, she just drifts away. She's just like, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I thought that was so funny. And she goes to watch Seven play football and you have to get the CW abs shot again. <laughs> you know? But we also... Playing see, with the boys. We also see Coach Tanner, like, yelling at Tyler for not doing a playwright. And I also... Wrote down that um, it shows that even though Tyler has everything handed to him on a platter, it shows that he's not as good as, like, Matt. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of living in Matt's shadow in football, even though Matt has nothing. It shouldn't be as good as him, but that shows that, like, raw talent is not as great as money or, like... And it's a typical trope of yeah. the poor rich kid. The rich poor kid, rich kid. The, the poor kid who doesn't have everything has the integrity. The rich kid who is the insecure the one jerk. and is the jerk because he's insecure. Yeah. And then we get Stefan and Damon back at the Salvatore house. Mm-hmm. And like eventually in the series, where does Bonnie's predicting things come? Like, where does that go? Because when they eventually have dinner, she's like. She just escalates after, know, this, after like, a certain point in the show. She's beyond the premonition. I also don't, I just don't understand why they thought this was the great idea to like put her, like to get her ready for being a witch. Cause like this point you're more towards a psychic. Cause she's like, I'm going to predict where the birthday candles are. (laughs) Like that's not a witch power. That's a psychic power, but okay. And then where's Jenna during this dinner? Where did she go? No one mentions her, (laughs) but I'm. Hopefully she's at college or something. Uh, maybe she's know. on school working. So who knows? But somebody's got to put food Stephen on the table. Stefan is doing a good job breaking the ice. He's being trying. The good He's charming trying. guy that he is. Even though <laughs> I'm upsetting a lot of Damon stands. Sorry. <laughs> but 
at least Matt is like, hold, and then we flash to the grill where Matt is holding Vicky responsible. He's like, make your choice. Like, mm. why are you acting like this? Because, I mean, he's right. Right. And then eventually. But it, what I love about the dinner okay. scene is that it's the beginning of Damon and Elena bonding. And I think they really did a good job of establishing their friendship. I liked their friendship. That. Like, I wouldn't have minded if. Like Stephanie and Elena got together, and Damon and Elena had a friendship. Like that would that they dynamic, do a really good job. That dynamic that. worked. I and they mean. lay the groundwork for that here. Yeah, um, as you can see, Damon and Caroline have crashed the party, and <laughs> Caroline is still classic mean girl. <laughs> but um, then we eventually get a flashback of like like Elena's dreaming about Damon, and right. my whole thing is. Why do you not think it's a problem that you're fantasizing about your boyfriend's brother? Like, why are you not <laughs> thinking that's a problem? That is such a, like, that's an issue. But why? what was she going to do with that information? I know, she, but, tell Bonnie? I mean, that's the only thing that she would do is tell well, Bonnie, yeah, and she doesn't should, do it. But she's not concerned in the slightest is what bothers me. You should be a little she concerned. She sort of is. She wakes up in a you know, know, cold sweat, but, you know. Mm. But, it, but the fact that she, I have more of an issue that the fact she didn't share it with her best friend. Yeah. Like, I don't know, this weird thing. Like, I had a dream about Damon last night. She doesn't, it doesn't come up She doesn't bring it up to anyone. Yeah. And we eventually see Damon like talking to Stefan saying that I can do whatever I want with her I can compel her and that probes Stefan to give her a vervain filled necklace which the is iconic also, necklace which is also Rebecca's necklace as we find out later and, <laughs> and the first sight of vervain and he also that states that he's never wanted to give it to someone until now because it belonged to someone in his past and that shows even Catherine didn't compare to his love for Rebecca which I think is interesting mm-hmm I mean, I'm sure they didn't know it was going to be Rebecca's right. necklace at this time, but it's an interesting thought. Um, and why didn't you just start slipping Elena Vervain like as soon as you came to Mystic Falls? Because he didn't know it existed. Remember, we at this oh, point yeah. he doesn't know that it's around. He thinks it's gone. And then Jeremy gets into the fight with like. What's his name? Oh, my God. Tyler. Tyler. <laughs> and <laughs> Stefan like tries to step in to mm-hmm. help and like. Cuts and like seems to cut his hand, but then it heals. There would still be blood on his hand. Well, my thing is, I don't know why Stefan felt it upon himself to interject, other than that he's Elena's boyfriend and it's her brother. Like, I, I, I guess that's the the main thing. Like, he has to save her brother. And then, but it's like Elena looks at his hand to like see if there's like a cut there, but like there's nothing there. And you got vampire reflexes. You don't jerk your head. Like, oh, if somebody's swinging something out, I'm automatically going yeah. back. Like, use use why some speed. Push your hand forward. Yeah, to move, grab use it. some speed, dog. Elena also deducts that both Damon and Stefan dated Catherine, and I I was like, very perceptive of you, Elena, because, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed that my first try, so I was like, good job, Elena, on getting that. She's smart. They did did a lot with the Elena character, making her the anti-Bella. I know that was probably their mandate when they did this show, is like, we don't want to her to be like the girl yeah, in Twilight. They kind of did though eventually. <laughs> eventually. People compared her to that. But in the first season they were definitely trying hard. In the first season hard. she was a strong female character. And Elena did stick up for Caroline which I which I liked when Damon was like yeah she's kind of talkative. I don't really like her and then Elena's like well she's my best friend so <laughs> right. I appreciated that. And I I hated how they never address again that Damon tried to compel Elena to like kiss him. Mm-hmm. And that's a form of like sexual assault. Like if she hadn't had the vervain, mm-hmm. she would have been forced to do that and no one ever brings it up again. Mm-hmm. Like, but again, they're establishing that Damon, Damon is not good. 
I know, but like, like I don't know that the, I don't know at this point that they had a plan. Though, no. no one brings this up. No, and I don't know that they held a plan to get Damon and Elaine together eventually. Yeah, ever. So they made him awful. They made him truly, truly awful. What happened to like strong, sassy Elena? That's I miss that. <laughs> I'm glad that. Mr. Tanner or whatever his name is died. It was very convenient to have him not only be the jerk, you know, history professor, but also the coach so that he could be set up to be gone. And and yeah, I don't think anybody was crying over that one. And at the ending scene, like of Damon stroking Elena in like her room in the middle of the night, I'm like, that's so creepy. Awkward. That's so creepy. How did how did we all like Be careful who you invite in? How did we all like that though? Like that's stalkerish and like kind of creepy because he's know. evil yeah and we wanted a bad guy we need a bad guy I so just, mm. winner and losers of the episode so my winner for the episode was elena her and stefan are getting along everything's going well she's making friends with damon until he abuses her slightly or tries to mm-hmm. and like elena's she's living her life she's realized that like cheerleading isn't what she wants to do but she's still trying to get back to like a nice person that she was like the happy thriving person that she was so i'm like she's and nothing really bad happened to her this episode so she was my winner and my loser was caroline because (laughs) she is being abused by her her older overage boyfriend when she's underage and her mom's a sheriff but like her mom doesn't know for some reason but that's that's just next episode but then also it's like (laughs) She's being abused and no one knows. And I mean, it's in the next episode, we get a really nice scene that's very like powerful because it is true for like most domestic abuse survivors where they're like, I'm fine. Don't talk to me about it. Stop. Why are you? And so I thought that was very accurate representation. My winner was Damon, actually, because he gets everything he wants in this episode. He gets invited in so he can, you know, mess with Elena. He gets Caroline. He wins, but not in the traditional sense of what we think is a winner. Right. But he gets everything he wants. He gets a nice, you know, new blood supply with Caroline. Nice toy to play with. So Damon is my winner. My loser in this is Coach Tanner because he dies. (laughs) Nobody, nobody cares. But bye bye, Coach Tanner. You're a dead dead. As Emily likes to say. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? I don't have a quote for this one. Oh, okay. And, I, and the only thing I came up with, this one is not highly quotable, quotable, but the one good one is Elena says, I'm not Catherine. She oh, says no, to, I did have a quote. And that was the quote I wrote down. It's She said she was in, talking to um, Damon when he was about mm-hmm. to compel her. And she says, and I don't know what happened in the past, but let's get one thing straight. I am not Catherine. That's very telling and and very sets up something nicely. Same quote. But um, yeah, it's a good setup because they are definitely not the same in either the book or the TV show. And it's a nice setup to know that we're dealing with two completely different people and that the relationship that brothers had with Catherine is not going to be the same as the relationship that they'll have with Elena. Absolutely. Episode four. So we get into family ties. Family ties. What would we do, baby? That's my reference. <laughs> <laughs> so we open the episode with Stefan having a dream, but we don't know it's Stefan having a dream. Yeah. It's presented as just happening, where Damon attacks Elena, and uh, you know, he he has this thing, but 
it's and Damon find, messing with Stefan. And then we also find out that, like, they supposedly found the animal that was causing the attacks, which was a mountain lion. And I'm like, did Damon actually go out and find a mountain lion I the same and thing. plant it somewhere? Yeah. Because that is so extra and so like him. <laughs> yeah, where are you going to? Oh, I'm just going to go get a mountain lion somewhere. He's also and just very cocky it, about all he's, all loose. the stuff he's doing. And, yes. like, he's like, I'm a winner. I'm cool. At this point, he is winning. I am the man. He's like, the only thing he's lost at is not compelling Elena. And so Damon decides to stay and, you know, he says, you know, I told you, brother, I'm here. to. I'm going to he does all these things because he's like having fun at this point. So he's like, I'm not going to mess everything up for Stefan because his original goal is to mess everything up so badly. for. But he's obviously lying about that because I think he's having fun. I think he I think he did want Stefan to be miserable, but he finds that he can have fun and make Stefan's life miserable. We get a small scene too. That's very telling about how rude, like some of the rich families are like the Lockwoods when Vicky is serving them at the diner and Tyler mm-hmm. completely ignores her. And then Vicky has to make him ask her to the dance and it's Class a whole mess. But we also get a scene with Caroline and Bonnie where Caroline is telling Bonnie some information she found out from Damon. And I thought it was, funny because Caroline tells Bonnie that Damon told her that Catherine chose Damon and Stefan tried to break them up because he was so jealous when actually Catherine chose Stefan and Damon was the one who was overly jealous. And Elena rightfully susses out that, you know, he's a liar. Be careful of the messenger. (laughs) He's a liar and manipulative. Right. And so, you know, we, we get that. And then, I jumped to the scene where we have the party and Oh well and, let me and mention there's stuff one that happens thing. in the middle, right? Um I just one, Stefan is way funnier than I remember. I remember there was a line in there, I don't know exactly, but like I was just like, Wow, Stefan's a lot funnier than I remember. <laughs> Sassy Stefan. And also, Stefan is way smarter than I remember because he did a first attempt at trying to revain Damon mm-hmm. to like seem like it, he wasn't going to do it as soon. And so I was like, that's very smart of you, Dave. Or Stefan. Yeah, he tried to trick him. Didn't work. So and we he's also, like, yeah. we see Caroline and Damon walk into the party and like Caroline's relationship with her mother is obviously strained. <laughs> and so is her dad's because he's off with Stephen. <laughs> right. And that's where we learn, you know, that we get a little subtle hint, you know, about the family dynamics there. That we never actually, her dad's gay. we never really get into that though. Like we just see her dad torturing her after she's a vampire, but like we never actually meet Stephen or like talk about no. how Caroline feels that her dad came out. It's their like, obligatory attempt at being diverse yeah. at that point. At that at that point, which you know, I, I got to give it to him. It's a little, it's nice. It's not you know earth shattering. Yeah, but it's it's a nice throw. And th- this party is at the Lockwoods, and so this is where we. I feel like this episode is where we truly get into yeah. what Kevin Williamson probably wanted to do with Family. like establishing Mystic Falls as this. And the Salvatores did a nice job of, like, passing off as the original Salvatore brothers, <laughs> even though it was them, but... Descendants of the original Salvatores, yeah. Yeah, but then w- what we don't know at the moment is that it was actually them who signed that, like, Damon and Stefan, the ones that we know. Well, I think Damon says a line no. early before then that he says, like, oh, yeah, they hold, they still hold that, th- they, they still hold that thing, oh, we went to the first one or something like that, yeah. or something like that. And so we meet the, you know, we see names like Fell mm-hmm. and stuff like that in the Lockwoods. Forbes, so, Lockwoods. Yeah. So we Gilbert's. established what's called the Founders Council. 
lovely founders council. It's the founders party. And so that's where a lot of this mythology we also is going to go. Where Tyler gets his rude and aggression, his <laughs> rudeness and aggression from. Because Mrs. Lockwood. Mrs. Lockwood is so mean, too. She's like, well, that's what happens when you get, when you bring trash to the party. And it's like, uh. Because there's a little you. bit of a misdirect because it, we see Mrs. Lockwood seeing all this dynamic between yeah. Vicky and Tyler and we think that she's going to be sympathetic. But no, we get our very good indication that she is elitist. It makes me feel less sad when Klaus kills her. <laughs> Spoiler. And so, um, yeah. Another thing I wanted to point out, how the heck does Bonnie know that she could light that candle? Like she just sees it sitting next to her and she's like, flick. And like it just flips on. Like how did she possibly know that she could do that? She felt the fire within her. Uh. (laughs) But um, so I got very small little vibes throughout that whole um, thing in that um, I have in my notes that, you know, Steph has his vampires, Mm -hmm. you know, reacting. There's a very thing in Smallville where Clark is learning his heat vision and like he gets in trouble because of it and stuff like that. Very similar Smallville vibes about like growing into you he Stefan of course knows his powers but like powers going awry when you don't need them to I also just wanted to point out it was very nice seeing like I've always loved the scenes of Stefan and Elena dancing I feel like their dancing was always very like nice and genuine Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get so much hate for because I I was a Delena I was a Delena stand and now I've flipped in the opposite (laughs) direction welcome to the dark side yeah and we get our Twilight reference in this episode what's so special about this Bella girl Edward's so wit you gotta read the first book first it won't make sense if you don't Ah, oh, Miss Anne Rice, she was so on it. How come you don't sparkle? Because I live in the real world where vampires burn in the sun. Yeah, but you go in the sun. I have a ring. Text me. Long story. Because when we first watched, you were questioning that too. You were like, how do they walk in the sunlight? And I'm like, you'll get explained. It's... Well, in, in sort of in the first episode, they don't go into it, but Stefan goes, oh, it's a family ring. And so by yeah. this point in episode four, you kind of get the whole like, oh, the rings are the key. And we also meet Logan Fell, Jenna's ex, yep. and he he looks like a cheating jerk. Like his face, <laughs> wow. I don't know, but his face just gave Bravo me. Bravo casting directors, you ca- you cast well. Yeah, his face looked like a jerk. Yet to again, me. <laughs> um, yeah. But Jenna was not letting herself get pushed around anymore, and then she went back to letting herself get pushed around again after and like five minutes. She gave him a date. It wasn't, you know proposal you know as a date and i can see that totally happening Uh totally happening and then i also wrote down communication is key because between um stefan and elena Mm because they had to talk like because she had heard what caroline had said damon had told her and then also caroline and elena are talking in the bathroom and elena sees the marks that damon has left on her and realizes what's happening caroline gives the class like classic victim thing where she's like don't talk about it it's fine like playing it off is like it's fine which is part of her compulsion yeah. i'm sure but but it is played that way to be very real about love yeah. much like you said before about, about victims. victims like that's how i imagine most situations like that go where family or friends notice and mm-hmm. yeah and they don't want to confront it and then but damon tries to com- kill her right after that but thankfully Stefan's tricks work and Damon feeds off Caroline who has the vein in her system and then Stefan locks Damon up in the cell so 
Well, and I'm curious at that, like at that point, because the only thing saving her is Stefan at this point. So the only thing saving Caroline is Stefan. So if we kill Caroline Forbes, what then becomes of, spoiler alert, the ending? I know. Because <laughs> he saved his own life in that instance. Catherine. That, that's a nice, that, but it's, it's a nice bookend for, it's a nice nod to Stefan in that you, you saved your happiness by doing that, by intervening you kind of and giving her the vervain. You kind of saved the love of your life. Yeah. (laughs) But it's also, well, there comes a debate then because some people are convinced that Elaine is the love of his life. Some people are convinced Mm -hmm. that Catherine's the love of his life because of the doppelganger thing Mm -hmm. where they're supposed to be together, the doppelgangers. But then there's also the fact that Elena and Stefan were like the perfect couple. Like Mm -hmm. they were so good together and people are like, that's his soulmate. He settled for Caroline, which I don't disagree with at all. I totally think he settled for Caroline. I, I think deep down in the back of his I'll mind, he settled to for. I think review those episodes again, given that, that I've watched it once and now I'm going back. I think that he. Loved, I think they did an okay I job. I think he loved Caroline, and I think that he genuinely cared for her. I just don't think that they were soulmates. It was a strong. I don't. I can see if that. Elena were available and wanted Stefan, I don't think they would have gotten married. I think Stefan would have gladly dropped Caroline for Elena again if she wasn't with his brother. Ooh! Wow. I don't know that I can make that assertion yet. We'll see. I definitely we'll don't. See when we they get were not. There. Caroline and Stefan were not soulmates. I can definitely mm. say that. Okay. I mean, my belief is that Caroline belonged with Klaus, but that's, of course, duh. I know because I'm a Caroline shipper. <laughs> but I would have been happy if Stefan ended up with Rebecca, Catherine, Elena, anyone. I did not like her, him and Caroline <laughs> together. I just did not think it fit. I think they worked better as friends. Mm-hmm. So we also go to Stefan talking to Zach, and we find out that Vervain is not as dead a plant as we thought in Mystic Falls. And we see, well, going back once when Elena was talking with Stefan, she was bringing up what Damon did, and she's like, uh, we should call the cops. I don't disagree with you, Elena. I know, but it's kind of hard. Like, right. in the sense that she doesn't know that they're vampires, I totally get her response. Like, they should have called the cops. And she sort of drops it, honestly. Yeah. Like, he walks away and he deals with the situation. But, but it never comes up again. I, I think in that moment, Elena was a bad friend. Like, because she didn't know that they were vampires, yeah. so I think it would have been... She's a good friend to Caroline, though. I think it would have been better if they had called the cops. I mean, we... We know that they're vampires, so it's like, oh, but well, you can't call the cops on a vampire. What are they going to do? But, like, her thinking that she, they're humans. As far humans, as a character plot and, and for I, realism, they, he should have been held responsible. Yeah. He should have taken his punishment. They should have. And it, it's easy to compel the cops away. the sheriff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. But they didn't do that. And then we also see the parents convening as the Founders Council, mm-hmm. and it's not a good sign because they've obviously seen this before. And yep. know exactly what they're getting into. And the pocket watch somehow becomes an important artifact that's missing, and we don't know why yet. And I don't know why Stefan and Damon did not consider that there was still a Founders Council, because I'm sure they knew about it in some time, Mystic Falls, that there was, like, a council that, like... I don't think so. I, I mean... I don't know. I don't think that they knew that the Founders Party was a cover for the Founders Council I don't think council so, but I think together. that they knew that... Like, in some years of Mystic Falls, I'm sure that they knew that there was a council that, like, tried to deal with vampires. And I'm like, why not consider that they're still around? But I don't know. I don't think so. And so this also marked Stefan and Elena's first fight, which was like, oh, because she's like, I didn't want to get in the middle of it. But now 
I did exactly what I said I wouldn't do. I'm sorry. But then they eventually end up happy. They reconcile. And my my winner for this episode was Stefan because he he did get everything that he wanted. He got Damon locked up and away from Elena. I mean, they are... Elena and him did kind of have a fight, but other than that, Caroline's safe, Damon's locked up, Elena's safe. Everything's good for Stefan. <laughs> Loser, I put Caroline and or Vicky. One, because Caroline was abused and... um. <laughs> She's obviously a loser in that situ- in that sense. Right. Because nothing went right for her this episode. But also Vicky, just because, again, her life sucks. Mm-hmm. Like, these episodes just prove... Like, season one proves, again, how much Vicky and Matt's life sucks. Because they're alone, they have no one, and especially Vicky, because she gets abused, not mm-hmm. turned into a vampire unwillingly. And, like, she's in a love triangle that is toxic and she shouldn't be in it in the first place. Because she also hooks up with Jeremy in this episode. And she's also a drug addict. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, her life is just great. <laughs> All right, you go. My winner for this episode is Stefan because similar to the reasons you listed, he he gets a lot of wins here. Like, in this episode, he, he makes out really, really well except for the fight with Elena. But even then, he makes up with her and gets her in the end. My losers are the Salvatores because, bum, bum, bum... Now they know that vampires are back in Mystic Falls. The Founders Council ends, the episode ends with uh, Logan Fell saying they're back. And that means that they know vampires are well and good in Mystic Falls. And that can't be good for the Salvatores. My quote for the episode was when Caroline and Stefan were dancing at the Founders party. And I forget what exactly they were talking about. But Caroline says that she doesn't take no as an answer. And... I think it's funny because she doesn't take the never going to happen that Ale- that Stefan tells her in the first episode when she's trying to date him. And then Stefan's like, it's never going to happen. She doesn't take that for an answer because eventually, spoiler, they get married at the season finale. And so I thought that was funny. Mine is slightly darker. But uh, when Damon says to Stefan, I'm not some sorority chick. You can't roofie me. <laughs> I thought that was funny, too. It begins, it begins the epic quips, and I've always I've said this to Emily, that, you know, Damon has the best lines. Like Damon going has in this the quippy lines. Like, in the originals, Klaus has show. the quippy lines. Yeah, over the show, he has the best lines. They, they totally give him the best lines. And that finishes out our four episodes for this podcast. Yeah, so, uh, you know, we... Welcome, you know, any comments of what you think, and uh, we will try and put this out pretty regularly. We don't have a set schedule now, but we Maybe hope like to... once a week, once every two weeks. I don't we'll know. try. Yeah. Once we'll, a week. We'll see what the schedule is now that you're all out of school. and It's you know. a very loose schedule, especially with the <laughs> unknown future of COVID-19. But luckily you live with me, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> we can be in the same house. And also, we probably saved the latest out of our household. So. <laughs> but please subscribe so that you do get notified. And and do the notification so on your favorite podcasting platform so you do know when we have a new episode out and thanks for joining us and we'll talk to you soon